Lime, duh. What up? Welcome to the Comedians of Wrestling Podcast. I have a very special guest on the pod today. He is a writer for a bunch of TV shows, and he's the host of the Doughboys Podcast. And how does this get played? Uh, how did that get played? How did that get played? How does this, how did this get played? That's what it is, because I'm thinking, how did this get made? Uh, uh, Miss, Mr. Nick Weiger, what up, man? Hi. Thanks for having me. Uh, I know a bunch of our. Uh, I botched your intro. I mean, come on! I did a true Shockmaster fashion, but uh, I'm very <laughs> pumped to have you on the podcast. Uh, I know a bunch of uh, my appropriate. Listeners. We're talking all out because there were some notable botches on that show, unfortunately. Oh my god, that's funny because I was just talking about that earlier. Yeah, uh, that that podcast uh, that that pay per view's mired in controversy from top yeah. to bottom. Um, but I'm pumped just to say, I'm pumped to have you on, on the podcast. We've planned to have you on the podcast before you were my last guest booked before we lost the studio to the pandemic. So <laughs> we're here making it happen over zoom. Uh, but also I feel like a lot of my listeners, a lot of the cow listeners are big doughboy marks. So, uh, they're going to be ecstatic to have you here. And, um, like it's fun cause you're, like I feel like part of the reason I was telling you this off mic, but part of the reason that I uh, started this podcast is like when I moved to LA, I'd be like in audition rooms and in the waiting rooms talking wrestling with all these comedians, and I was like, I gotta record these. These are great conversations. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're one of the dudes who's like in the circuit of the comedians who are at PWG, always going to the local SoCal shows, right? Yeah. Well, uh, and first off, I'd argue against uh, referring to me as a comedian, but thank you. It's very flattering. Well, you're a um, comedic writer. I mean, you know, yeah. whatever. I mean, come I'm, on. I'm you around crunch, other baby. comedians. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> whatever. Fine. But, but, uh, but um, uh, we have a uh, – uh, yeah, I've been going to a lot of local shows. And, hey, I'll shout out uh, – I'm, I'm assuming past cow guest uh, Mike Carlson. Carlson's has, been on the pod many times. Many yeah, times. Yeah, so – Carlson had kind of lured me into the indie scene. I, I may have talked about this on another podcast. But I'm not sure if I've talked about it in any sort of depth, but right. I was very much a lapsed wrestling fan until I got back into going to local indie shows right. just a, just like two or th three years ago. Very in the very recent uh, memory is when I started doing it, and yeah. it was uh, it, it it it's. So, so it's been an interesting journey going back to it. And then also that's coincidentally kind of lined up with the emergence of AEW, which has be became, become my thing. Like I, I'm an AEW fan and it, like, like just timing wise, seeing some of these guys who ascended to PWG, either emerging, you know, they, they either go on to NXT or they go on to uh, AEW. And then this whole, this whole new promotion has come up kind of from whole cloth. It's just been a fascinating time to be kind of a, a fan returning to the, to the, uh, the medium. Yeah. See, genre. it's funny. And, and that's all, like when we were messaging a little before the show, I think that your, your fandom is very interesting and actually kind of hard to explain to people. Like, I, like I, yesterday I was talking to a guy, nice guy, but you're like, oh, you're a wrestling fan. Immediately they jump to, like, Iron Sheik, Hogan, stuff like right. that. And you're like, which is totally valid. I mean, those are great cornerstones of professional wrestling. But I think people don't realize the independent movement of professional wrestling and that there are fans who like wrestling only in that capacity and are not WWE fans at all. Like, you told me you don't even watch WWE, right? I, I don't. So I, I did follow NXT and I was pretty much before AEW came into existence. Right. I followed NXT pretty hardcore. I do. I, you know, again, the, the connection to the indie talent, I was able to see that pipeline. And then also just, I like how NXT, and I think it still is for when I've checked in on it, but NXT is so much more about just like, just like matches and storylines. Right. And, and that's the sort of, uh, sort of stuff that I like more so than 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 skits and and what have you but going back to uh, like my my even my my childhood wrestling fandom right. i was yeah i followed wwe when it was wwf but i got hardcore into wcw that was my promotion that i was following basically until it folded 
and that's pretty much the point you know that that whole that whole era when the 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 you know the russo twilight years when uh wcw yeah. monday nitro was just total dog judy shit. bagwell like, on a pole exactly yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was watching like like almost to the the tail end of that yeah. uh catastrophe and then i and after that i just kind of fell off with wrestling once you know wwe acquired wcw and uh, it was just sort of doing other things. So as far as the indies getting me back into it, it was just so much of like, just the most, just a spectacular live event. And, you know, I'm, I'm not someone who like goes to like concerts or anything, but I do like a big, you know, live performance. I do like spectacle and it kind of just seeing, uh, you know, these indie shows and these small houses, uh, PWG back when it was in uh, Reseda in you know in like this this right. super duper small foreign legion house that was super packed and probably a, a, a near lethal fire hazard um, it was it was so like just compelling to see that energy in that space and to see just the commitment from these live performers where they're just like man this is this is just an unbelievable spectacle and that's what that's what really sucked me in yeah well I mean so much to unpack there and all really <laughs> I want to jump up a bit of all that shit, which is all right. Well, two things I want to talk about is PWG because our shared experience there, uh, and then yes. also that you were more of a WCW mark, and <laughs> WWE ruined. It's kind of like when WWE acquired them, you were out. But were you watching any of like Rock Foley stuff, Stone Cold? I saw some of the Attitude Era. Yeah, I saw. You know, I, I checked in with some of that stuff, but you know, I just was. Again, I gravitate more towards you know the actual the, the storylines, exactly. Uh, yeah, the wrestling, and also just like what I knew, like the the you know the the characters and the the storylines I knew, and so having to adapt to an entirely new promotion was just like it was just enough, and it kind of happened at the the right age for me, where I was just like, you know what, I'm out, and then I just sort of checked out on of it entirely. Oh, okay. So it's not necessarily that like WCW was more match focused. It was more just that was the show you were watching and then you weren't you didn't want to switch to another promotion. Yeah. The only reason I'm harping on that is because I didn't give a shit about wrestling in terms of actual in ring stuff until I was an adult. Like what the whole attitude era, right. I was like, Yeah, the wrestling is kind of like a byproduct of these characters. You know what I mean? And then that's kind of where if we uh, jump into PWG and stuff, when I started going to those shows is when I really got into the work rate of wrestling, you know, and independent wrestling. I yeah. feel so lucky. I moved to LA like six years ago. And uh, one of my buddies was like, let's go to this PWG show. I remember the tickets were like 70 bucks. And I was like, it's pretty fucking expensive for this like independent it's super show. expensive. Right? <laughs> I was like, it's outlandishly expensive. Yeah. Because you're like, it, there, he's like, yeah, it's uh, you wait in. You got to We got to get there at like 2 p.m. We got to wait in line. It's in like you might. We might be standing. Uh, getting beer is extremely difficult. I was like, this show's seventy. I've seen like Pearl Jam for forty dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> and uh, and then like, but then you go and you're like, wow. Now now any PWG shows I've skipped since they've left the American Legion Hall, I'm like, wow, that was a mistake. I should have went to all of it. You know, because yes. it kind of it's like yeah, it was. It Totally agree. It's 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 such a it's such an event. It's such a spectacle, and I, I've tried to go to basically every one, and I think the only ones I've missed have been when it would have been out of town. But yeah, it is super duper expensive. But I definitely feel like you get what you pay for. I feel like it's like there's a you know it's I've I felt like I got my money's worth even from going to the first one, not really having expectations of how blown away I would be, just knowing like this is a lot of money to spend possibly ironically like i don't know you know right. and then going in and being like oh shit no this is a this is 100 for me yeah no it, it it's a total uh, it was a total blast but it's like funny because uh what the, if you if you just accept like people don't understand they've moved out of this american league hall but if you've never been to a pwg show and i know a lot of my listeners have not um it's literally like these it's I don't know. It's literally like I want to say the size. It's like uh, sixty by thirty. The the room. If I had to say the size of it, it's it's small. pretty small. How many people jam packed in there? Probably. I mean, so illegal. It was at times like a thousand people in yes. that space, right? And you literally be yeah, I, I shoulder mean, I, to shoulder I, with everybody. 
<laughs> and yeah, the rows of crowd, crowd, like you know, chairs basically all the way to the bet to the wall, you know, and then and such a small gap between the ring and you know, like people literally pounding on the on the apron, uh, which I know happens in a lot of indie shows, but here it's just so packed with humanity, uh, and. So yeah, it, I, I'm sure that's part. That's part of it. It's just part of it. it gets super hot, super duper uncomfortable right. in the summer. Like like just like all the the bodies in there, and then and just how poorly ventilated it was, and how much asbestos you were probably inhaling. But I <laughs> but it but it's just like you you match that with just like I was literally watching you know uh uh, uh you know uh, Chuck Taylor wrestle Ricochet. Like, like yeah. just like the level of talent that you were seeing was just like, this is fucking unbelievable. I watched, I watched like a half dozen Keith Lee matches all the way up until he got, uh, you know, picked for NXT and now he's on Raw like every week. It's just like, it's, and I was just seeing these, I, I, I watched Keith Lee wrestle Walter. I was like seeing, you were seeing that caliber of match and you're, you're five feet away from it. And, and yeah. like the, the athleticism and the talent and the charisma that you're seeing from these in-ring performers, it, it's just, it's, it was absolutely just an unbelievable thing to absorb. And, and, and you really felt like you were part of like a, a scene, I, I guess. That, 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 that's the vibe I got. Yeah, you, you knew you were watching something special. Like, uh, the, the, like but I think the, exactly. You'd see Keith Lee, watch Keith Lee, watch the Young Bucks constantly wrestle in there. The craziest thing to me is Drew McIntyre I watched wrestle in there. And like... He is the current WWE champion. He's about yes. 6'6". He probably weighs, what, 270, 260. He's, like, made of steel, and he's in his full, du- like, leather, gorgeous duster. His trunk's, like, just coming out of the dinkiest entrance you've ever seen, like an Adonis. <laughs> right. Because, like, you know. I'm a comedian, right? And I performed at UCB for years. And, you know, the the metaphor, uh, those things track almost perfectly. Like the New York, UCB, and L.A. scene, but specifically New York, it was a basement of a grocery store. Literally, sewage would leak on our heads during the shows. And you'd be, like, doing a scene with Amy Poehler. And, like, the next everyone, every famous, not every, but, like, many famous uh, uh, comedic actors who exist now, would perform on that stage and you could see him for $5 or whatever. But like comedians, we're kind of like trash people or whatever. Like we'll perform on like in the corners. We're used to that. But wrestlers have to like, they like do, they like shave their body hair. They get tanned. Right. You know what I mean? Like they put on their full costume. They're like selling this gimmick in this fluorescent lit uh, uh, cube, like of a tiny trap, uh, uh, a fire trap. And so with wrestling, it's, it's so much weirder in that way. You know? Well, yeah, and I think that's again, I, I, I think that's a that's a great observation and, and I think that distinction is honestly part of what appealed to me. Like having watched so many, you know, slouching dudes in flannel shirts shrug their way through a half assed herald and then co- and then contrasting that with just like oh just the utter commitment right. of someone just working their ass off in the ring trying to get everyone either to love them or to hate them um and seeing that to, that level of just like proficiency and professionalism on display like i was just like this is such an unbelievable live performance this is what like the indie comedy scene like the any comedy scene should have this level of like commitment and right. and presence, you know, and and so like I I think it probably kind of in ways made me feel like oh I I wasted so much of my life to doing like this is so much cooler than anything I've ever been involved in, you know. Yeah, well, like the funny thing is that whatever you know, I mean, you know, we're getting in the weeds of it, but I do find it really interesting, uh, uh, uh and why like I think that. We meet a lot of, you know, I know I do, and I'm sure you do. You meet a bunch of wrestlers. Have you had a bunch of wrestlers on Doughboys? Have you had wrestlers on? We had a couple. We had the bad boy Joey Janela, and then we recently had Colt Cabana on the show, right? Uh, which was uh, which was a real treat. Ooh, I got to get Joey on here. I've had Colt on the pod before. Awesome guy. Um, yeah, Colt's great. Yeah, Joey's great too. Yeah, the the but like there is this kinship between the 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 wrestler comedian. Like I don't think I've ever met a wrestler that I didn't. You know, besides if I met him in kayfabe or whatever, <laughs> who I didn't get away get along with right away, because right. Uh, especially the times where I've done a show, they've watched and I've met wrestlers backstage. That's when they really are like, all right, we're all we're all doing this thing together, which I always think is <laughs> awesome. But back to PWG, like 
it's crazy. Yeah, you're right. There's no such thing as like half-assing it, right? Like you, you do like a, you could do if you're a comedian, you get up, you have some. Sh- you, no matter how high a level of comedian you are or not, if you get on stage for a show, there's times you do show you. Eh, it was bad. All right, not a lot of people showed up. You know, I've seen like right. Seinfeld get on stage. There's not that many people there because he just popped up. Surprise! You know, it's just kind of part of the thing. But with wrestling, like you can't really like half-ass it. You you have to go balls to the wall and it's amazing some of these guys were killing themselves and it's like in off the off chance that like regal like steven regal sees it or something you know what yeah. i mean it's yeah it's i amazing. i, I it, it is really amazing and and just like you know also just the that for me was the big thing about watching these indie shows because i'd seen some live wrestling before but it was like back in the day it was like wcw monday nitro came to the staples right. center or wcw uh you know house shows or whatever I, i've like the, the difference between seeing an indie show is like seeing some of these high spots in person where it's like oh that's the balcony that's like above where i'm sitting and this guy is gonna and i know that's 12 feet high and this guy is gonna fucking do a moonsault off of it i'm just like that stuff is so stressful and engaging but then also there's parts of it where I'm like, ah, God, I don't, you know, it's the please don't die chant, just internal, you know, it's just, yeah. it's just like, oh man, I'm, this is stressing me out so much. I can't believe someone would risk this and that someone could pull this off and that I hope they're not doing long-term damage to their bodies and well-being. Yeah. I mean, specifically some PWG spots that we probably both were present for that, like, that I still remember it was, I, I was at Bola. Did you go to Bola this year? Or maybe that was early yes. 2019. I don't know. Yeah. Whenever was, the most recent Bola was, I was there. Yeah. Right. So you remember Bandito, he did like a, he did like a backflip off of the, off of like the pole and he hit his feet on like the mezzanine level. Yeah. That I was right at the bar ordering a drink, and he landed like I didn't even know he was doing that spot. Kind of turned around, and then he landed in front of me. Like he didn't even Man. like check. Like we're all supposed to. They all like they trust you as the audience member. Like you're gonna get out of the fucking way. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Know. But like, can his feet get caught? I, I mean, right onto the concrete. Maniac. Yeah. It's so and and you know, that's like a world class talent, and it's just like man, that is that is such a degree of risk for you know for this show. But I mean, that's that's I guess what's what's amazing about it, right? And then um, Janella, talking of Janella, uh, one of the bolas, maybe is the bowl even before that. He I think was wrestling Bandino again, and did like took him off the top rope and kind of like a sidewalk slam kind of position and just threw him over his head onto a bunch of chairs, like from the yeah. top rope. And his leg was already fucked up going into the match. Yeah, I remember. And I also, there was a, there was a spot where, uh, uh, there was a spot, not a high spot, but the, uh, uh, it was, um, Oh man, why am I blanking on it? Jeff Cobb, Jeff Cobb, like yeah. uh, fucking suplexed uh, uh, Janella onto some chairs as well, and it, it just like looks so gnarly. But like, so or wait, no, I think he suplexed him while he was seated in a chair. He like grabbed the chair and Janella together. It was, it was just. Like, oh, and then did so... he land back on the like? He, I know he gets suplexed on the chair and then landed kind of in a seated position. After. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like... yeah. And it was, it was just like, oh man, that's that's so cool looking, but also like I don't know how you did that without hurting both of you. I don't think I think that they just both get hurt. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's that's, thing- that's the grim side of it, and that's the part where I'm just like, if I ever feel, you know, like ha- so. So here's another thing I was saying. I know you had David Arquette on the show recently. Yeah, I had him on um, last and, week. Yeah, and and maniac. I I, I was he is a maniac, and I was uh at speaking of indie shows, I was at the indie show with Mike Carlson, the aforementioned Mike Carlson, where the Nick Gage uh, match. Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. And oh I, I, I saw the gash in his neck and I saw just how like fucked up he was. And that was not the only thing that happened in that show that just seemed insanely dangerous. Also at that show, uh, Marco Stunt re- yeah. uh, re- wrestled, I believe, Eli Everfly and uh, Marco broke his leg and was, was unconscious. And it was the kind of thing where it's just like, like I just watched four refs just like carrying him out, basically like like fireman carry him out, and I was like, man, this seems like I I don't know if the if they if just because of the uh, you know because this is a little bit more of an underground show, people are taking bigger risks or whatever. But that was the stuff where I'm just like, ah, oh, God, I'm 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 not really having fun anymore tonight because I'm so upset by how hurt people are getting, and I wish there was a way to 
it's it's a balance with something that's that's you know risky and fundamentally everyone's doing doing stunts but like i wish there was a way to uh, you know not have that that sometimes nauseated feeling while i'm watching these uh, while i'm watching wrestling you know it is you're you actually it brought that up with arquette actually last week because yeah. I, I i was talking about that match with him and and I, it's in his documentary they show the footage and they have this like in, this like eerie shot that probably you saw live in person where like he realizes he got nicked. He like, he like, yeah. he like realizes like, oh wow, I really cut my neck pretty bad here. And I was, you know, it's so hard to watch. And I was like, Dave, you know, we don't need those death matches from you, man. Like, don't don't get pulled yeah. that way. But I also kind of like to be honest with the death matches. I'm not that into the death match stuff. It's not why I watch pro wrestling. You know, I understand there's an audience for it. I don't think that, and and I understand that. It's the passion of some wrestlers, and there is ways to incorporate some of those skills into a match like that I can get into, but like purely yeah. like I'm a death match guy. I don't work out. I don't, you know what I mean? Like I don't care at all about my characters. Just like I cut people with fluorescent bulbs. I tend to just be like, this is kind of just like lazy. And I, I know someone could argue with me hard, but it's just not what I, it's not why i watch pro wrestling and it hurts me to think like arquette thought he had to do that you know which is what i wanted to express to him you know yeah i i, I get I, I totally get what you're saying i do think like i do there's a part of me that really admires that he just fucking went for it i think he maybe just didn't realize what he was in for you know um and and i'll also say i'm not the biggest death mage de or death mage i'm not the biggest death match fan either right but I I have seen Nick Gage a few times do some, uh, and he is just again just such an amazing charismatic performer who just is over right. with the entire crowd. And I've just never seen anyone have that kind of connection. And I, I guess it's just sort of like people there aren't like it, it, yeah, the, the carnage is part of the appeal of it, obviously. But part of it is just like this guy's just so fucking good at what he does. I just like like the way he is able to convey his own energy and make the audience feel like what he wants him to feel is just like this is this guy's a fucking unbelievable performer. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's all like preference, you know. Um, I, there's it's not yeah. like that he's no knock on uh, you know, and I don't even mean him specifically because like Foley's one of my favorite wrestlers. Oh ever. no, I didn't. I didn't think you did. And no, no, yeah. I know, and 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 but then so I'm kind of contradicting myself by being like, well, I like what he did, but he had to get that to get his talent. He had to go through the hardcore deathmatch scene. You know what I mean? But man, right. it's it's. It, I mean, yeah. you're right. You're bringing up the but but the the ultimate point you're bringing up is so interesting, which is like we love seeing this. Uh, like I love seeing the spectacle that is pro wrestling, but I do hate the sacrifice that these guys have to take. And it is unfortunate that it does come down to, to do a lot of the stuff that we dig. There's a, there is always a risk of injury, you know? Yes. Well, I, I put, and, and I in particular, like I, it, it, as you know, the, the, the death match stuff isn't 100% my speed. I'll watch a death right. match and you know, the stuff will make me wince. Um, um, I, I don't love blood all that much, but I do love just like a super duper committed, you know, performance. So I'll admire it on that level. But the thing that I cannot, that cannot take even at all in any context is like a headshot, particularly an unprotected headshot. I'm just right. like, this is so, I, I don't care how indie you're trying to be. Right. Like, I just like, I don't want to see this. This is upsetting me. And I know that you're partly doing it because it's not something that you're supposed to do in this current climate, but that even just distresses me more. Uh, just knowing that the amount of, like that's just like years off of your life when you're taking a fucking yeah. uh, a, a fucking chair to the head, right? And the headshots in you know it's headshots in general. It's funny because I don't know if it's funny, but man, when I was a kid, I didn't think two seconds about those headshots. Like I, I didn't. I, their headshots. Oh, were me just neither. Like yeah, par for the course. Like I and now like you see one and, and none of that. There'd be multiple in a row. Like fully take like fifteen from the rock or whatever. And now I see a single headshot, and you're right. That is worse than anything that they could do. Any cuts, anything. You just see one yeah. hit. Like Cody took that headshot like uh, sometime last year, and that was brutal to watch from Sean Spears. You know, 
It's crazy. Yeah, I and I I love Cody. I'm a huge Cody fan, but the but yeah, that that shot that was just like too much for me. And the, the stitching afterwards I was like, this is fucking gnarly. Yeah, I'd rather get to watch someone get paper cuts in the webbing of their fingers any day, as much right. as that even makes me want to puke. Oh man, uh, I know. Well, all right, let's transition into AEW for a second. This is a perfect spot. So you saw yes. these a lot of this indie talent that you had seen from bar wrestling, PWG, the whole like LA uh scene. Are make up a big portion of the roster over at AEW, so that's probably why you were. It was easy for you to port, uh, uh, uh port over that. So you're an exclusive dynamite watcher. Yeah, since AEW came on the scene, that's what I've been following. And and I'll I'll preface this whole thing by saying that once once lockdown happened, once you know COVID right. happened, I fell off watching even AEW all that often i'd like check in with it but just like again so much of the of watching wrestling for me is the in is watching someone engage with a crowd right and so having that you know removed i was just like i wasn't as as checked in for a while um but i yeah i I love AEW. i love the talent the talent uh, i love the roster i love how focused it is on just like wrestling my issue with wwe more so than you know just like I think even a WWE fan will concede that there's just sometimes some dumb shit, but it's like mainline WWE. I just feel like there's just way too much for me to consume. And I'm overwhelmed. Like I can't right. watch like three hours of raw and two hours of SmackDown every week. It's just too much for me. Uh, whereas NXT one, you know, two hour show. Like, yeah, I can follow that. Or, right. I'm sorry. AEW rather. And NXT as well. Absolutely. I mean, it's really, I, I, you know, listen, I, for the pod, I watch it all, but there are weeks that I right. struggle that I struggle to, to fit it in. And I can't imagine, I, I, I can imagine, you know, to my friends recently who they're wrestling fans, but they're like, you know, with all the COVID changes, they're like, I can't, I just can't get like 10 hours of wrestling in. I got no commute. I got no, you know what I mean? And I'm like, well, <laughs> two hours of AEW's got to feel pretty nice. Like just two hours a week. Plus those pay-per-views that are like quarterly essentially. Right. Yeah, uh, I imagine that that's pretty good. But so what? Uh, so you watched all out, and were you catching? Uh, were, were you catching? Were you watching anything leading up to all out? Like, were you, did you watch it? Did you I, get back into it, or? I just sort of seen some. You know, I'd seen some previews and and sort of strung a lot of stuff together, bed to lay. Um, so yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't been like, like checking in with, uh, with dynamite all that regularly right. leading up to it. I just, I, I, for the most part, I watched it pretty cold, honestly. Uh, but you know, it was peripherally aware of some of these, uh, some of the storylines, um, and you know, some of the, some of the alliances, I, uh, I will say that it was, it, I didn't watch it live. And I, mm. so I knew about the, the, in particular, the Matt Hardy, uh, you know, uh, botch that was so just again you know speaking of headshots was just so so hard to to watch and even think about but if i'd watched it live i think i might have had a different perception because that is just that happens you know i think in the first half of the show it happens fairly early and it's and it's such a bad you know it it looks awful and then it just sort of that just hovers in in your mind the whole time having watched it a few days after and knowing that in you know that everyone seemed for the most part semi-okay yeah in the aftermath i was able to enjoy the individual matches a little bit more because i i do think that 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 outside of that it was a honestly a pretty good card i think it was a pretty decent ppv yeah i mean i said i liked it people i felt like you know we we uh uh on the pod we have like a live uh comments going um yeah in the facebook group and people seemed i felt like people this was the probably the all-out pay-per-view people were the least uh happy with um and i think a lot of it had to do with the length of it and i think it was longer than most of them some of the matches were felt like a slog to some people and i also think the card was not particularly and it wasn't particularly that exciting of a card, I felt like, and the mm. build. This was like the least they were clicking. Though I said that coming out of it, I'm really excited the direction stuff is going out of the pay-per-view. And I still think it was a good watch, this pay-per-view. In full disclosure, I had no power um, and watched it in my car on my phone uh, <laughs> to, ha- to have air conditioning. <laughs> wow. Because of, the, uh, uh, because of the temperature, my power was out. I gotcha. Uh, yeah, it sucked. But yeah, I think um 
Yeah, I mean, this, you know, I mean, we can talk about the matches, but the controversy in this in this card, you just hit right on, like, the Matt Hardy thing was kind of nuts. He hit his head pretty bad, but also the weird thing with it was that Aubrey, the ref, threw up the X, like, oh, let's, we got to stop the match, but then the yes. match kept going. Apparently, yeah. the doctors came, looked at Matt Hardy, said he was good to go. He said he was good to go, and so they put it on a little, I think they, you know, the match was on a little delay, so then they edited it, and the match kept going, you know? But his wife was really pissed on Twitter. I don't know if you saw any of that. Uh, I heard about that. I didn't see the tweets, but I heard that, yeah, she was she was livid. And, I, I, I mean, they should have just stopped the match. It's, uh-huh. it's tough to second-guess something when it's live and, you know, everyone's – they're 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 having to make a snap decision but i i just would like it if i i guess it feels like maybe ultimately the the internal culture has to be more oriented towards okay something like that happens just stop the match we'll figure it out later you know more so than like oh like we don't want to stop the match unless we absolutely have to so can he continue okay he kind of can let's have him you know stagger to his feet by almost pulling Sammy Guevara's, you know, uh, uh, trunks off and then, and then watch him try to climb scaffolding while everyone like holds their breath. Right. You know, it, a lot of the stuff was just, it was just so stressful to watch um, after he was just clearly, I, I guess they were now saying he wasn't concussed, but he had certainly appeared to be concussed. Well, his wife is like, he's a thousand percent concussed. Look at his eyes. Like he yeah. was, but the ref doctor saying he's not, I think concussions are kind of hard to prove after the fact. Right. Got it. Um, I don't really know the, the, the details of it, but I guess my question to you, because I find it interesting that you kind of popped out and you came back in, and so you see Matt Hardy in AEW. Is this what you want out of Matt Hardy to be doing, taking bumps like this? Like, you know. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I there reaches a certain point where I I guess it's it's like I, I'm more worried than I am able to appreciate that someone – with this that that's that's a legend that has legend status has still got it you know what i mean right um so i yeah i don't know i that what that to me in that particular spot i think there's probably a way to pull it off where it's it's a little less risky and if if things go sideways the outcome is a little less disastrous but watching it it just it, it yeah it, it 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 just bummed me out i think overall just how it was executed and um so I guess no is my answer to your question. I, I, I guess I, I probably don't like this this degree of risk. Right. Like, that's how I feel, where it's kind of like Matt Hardy took over the wrestling scene with this broken character with Final Deletion and his creativity, and then it's like, oh, he's going to go back to doing what he was doing like 20 years ago, yeah. falling off ladders and stuff, and it's like, we don't need that from you. It's uncomfortable if your wife's going to be going public with that also we know you have kids so it's like i just don't need him to take bumps like that luckily for him he can get over in so many other ways that it seems like he needs to kind of have that like foley moment that wasn't beyond the uh mat where it's like all right like you're not you know after he took those chair shots in front of his kids and and you're like all right it's time to change my style up a little bit right oh and luckily for matt we never I never cared about him falling off stuff, you know? So Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, I you know, I, I don't know, I I, I don't wanna try to get inside someone's head, but I it does sometimes feel like it's you know, you are you are that status, you maybe are just like I you know you can do something or you, you feel confident that you can do something and you kinda need someone else to kind of be like, Hey, maybe not, you know, and you kinda right. need someone else to try to to push you away from it. Um, but it's uh, but I that said, I mean there's probably a way to pull that off. That's just maybe a little bit less intense and a little bit less, you know, honestly like that, maybe that lift was just lower, you know, it, it's, I, I think there's probably a way to still sell that. Yeah. But I, I just, as such, it, it was just such a, a crazy thing. And, and that they continued the match was, I don't know, man, I was, I was, I, I couldn't even believe that, that Hardy was able to climb that scaffolding and, and, you know, uh, pull that other, that said that other spot off with, with Sammy. I was just like, man, I don't know. I, I'm amazed that he was able to pull that to do that and not injure himself further. Yeah. So the, apparently they said that they had tried it a bunch with the, I don't know, the trainer or whoever was the stunt guy or whatever. Uh-huh. And they had run it a bunch, probably with crash pads is my guess. And, like they'd done practice runs on it, it went great, and then this one 
was completely botched in the moment, yeah. which you never fucking know because it looks like Sammy got too much momentum when he hit him, you know? Right. Yeah. And and again, you know, if I'm I had the benefit of watching this on delay, so I think if I did you watch it you watched it live it sounded like? I watched it live but then I started well, I started a little late and then I caught up and then I stopped and had to go back. So it was kind of a mess because of my power right. situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what was your feeling watching it at least day of and not necessarily knowing what the outcome was? Like what was the how, mat, how did you the react bu- mat to it? bump? Yeah. Well, specifically with the mat bump, I had heard about it before i saw it okay so um because that was like i think the sixth match of the night so by then i i had to go back a little bit and so i already knew something went down i didn't see the clip till later but uh so i didn't i didn't get to watch it in a in a perfect vacuum and to be honest when i watched the clip of it later it doesn't like it looks bad but you also have to look for it because it's not like his head doesn't like bounce this is kind of graphic but his head doesn't like bounce off the concrete it doesn't split open with a bunch of blood or anything right it just like you have to kind of know like oh the ref kind of goes nuts and throws up the x and he hits his head and he's kind of non-responsive for a second so it's you know what i mean like i guess i'm so (laughs) i might be so uh, desensitized at this point that like without some color i don't know but him and Guevara have been beating the shit out of each other this whole feud you know uh yes yeah like sammy cracked open matt during their first like encounter leading up to this match and his wife got mad or on on twitter then too so it's just been kind of a a, kind of a disaster of sloppiness you know right um, yeah, I, I, I mean that that's a that's a bummer. I it's it's that said, I thought there were a lot. There was a lot of other good matches on it on the night. I mean, you oh, know, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Young Bucks Jurassic Express I thought was a very solid match. Jungle Boy, I'd I'd actually I I, I think we 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 talked about Joey Janela a little bit earlier, right. uh, and. Janela, like I went to to you know I used to go to the GCW shows that he produced the indie shows. Yeah. And I, I, I saw Jungle Boy first at one of those and was just like, this kid's unbelievable. You know, he, yeah. was, he was like like 19 or something at the time. And I was just like, man, this, this guy is so good. And then I saw his first PWG match and saw him do PWG a few times and then saw him like on TV. And it was just like the same sort of going back to comedy. It was like seeing someone, uh, you know, do an improv jam and then seeing them on Herald night and then seeing them on, you know, SNL. It's just like, Oh, that, yeah, that person has a fucking amazing yeah, degree of talent. You kind of just watch that to, to watch them ascend that quickly. It's like, right. Oh yeah, but that's, that's uh, that's amazing to see. It's a blast to see that. Like the amount. And I think that that's like a cool, you know, like you said, with a guy like Keith Lee, it's such a cool thing about the industry. Yeah. Like, my first PWG show was Roddy Strong's last PWG show. Oh, wow. And I, remember showing up there I, I it was my first time ever because i just kind of moved to la and um uh i i like he was it, he was in the main event and then he was selling like a he did like a goodbye promo to everybody and he was selling it like a his last shirt his like final goodbye shirt and i was like oh man it sucks this guy he's like He's retiring and he never made it. Like I was like, what a bummer for this guy that like he's done wrestling. He's probably moving on with his life. <laughs> right. And then it was like, oh no, he's moving to fucking full sail. He's in better right. shape ever now, and he's like a big deal in NXT. I was like, oh, that's that was like my first experience. So I, I like I'll always <laughs> love Roddy Strong just from that moment of seeing his last show at PWG. You know. Like, it's yeah. such a great feeling to see you guys on indies ascend to, like, WWE. Like, just to see, like, Keith Lee in the Royal Rumble. You know what I mean? That was crazy. Yeah. Like, with Brock. Anytime you see someone that you watched on the indies next to Brock Lesnar, it's always wild. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, – Keith Lee in particular, I, I went to his – I saw a bunch of his PWG shows and went to his retirement show and, like, actually yeah. talked to him a little bit there at, at the end. And it was just like – I felt like I was just talking at him, telling him, like, how how much a fan I was of his. And I was, <laughs> I think it was to, to watch him ascend. He's kind of like, all right, sure. Yeah, you're basking dork, in you know? his glory. Very nice, but the, this is the – you know, uh, um, but he, it was like – that guy just blows my mind, like his athleticism and then just his raw charisma. Right. Two, two things that I – I think, again, this is part of why I be, why wrestling is was a thing I was initially a fan of and returned to is because, like, I'm not athletic and I'm not charismatic. 
I am just <laughs> a fucking void of both. And so to see people who can embody that, I'm just like, this is, uh, this is unbelievable. Um, I thought the, uh, the, you know, the dark order match was good. Uh, and, uh, you know, I really like the finish there. I like Cole Cabana. Like he's finish was I, I really good in that match. It was really good. Yeah. And I, and I like the, you know, Brody Lee, uh, scolding Colt Cabana. I like Colt Cabana is like kind of like the way he fits in with the dark order. I think is great. Um, cause he's kind of like not he's in, but he's like not in. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, he, it's like, he's kind of trying to, he's trying his best, but he, it's not a perfect fit, but like, you know, everyone's kind of tolerating him. Right. Like he doesn't um, wear a mask and he like yeah. just changed his trunks like right. this week to like almost their colors. And I think that's kind of like a, a, a cool thing. That's funny. I actually texted him when he first, when he first started, <laughs> a cult was like first joining the dark order or whatever. And I was like, dude, uh, like, you got it. Like they were trying to like uh, a court him, you know. And then I like was like, dude, if you have any questions, I joined the Dark Order, it changed my life, man. Like <laughs> the best decision I ever made. <laughs> also, sidebar: you saying that you have no charisma, charisma means that you do have charisma. <laughs> Uh, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't admit, say you have no charisma. That's a charismatic move. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, hey, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but, it's uh. Yeah, yeah I'll also say I thought the battle royale was good. There was a there was an enhancement talent. Oh, I gotta get I gotta look up his name. But there was a guy who who uh, does uh yeah he usually does uh, a W dark um and he is um uh, uh but he was like really good and he was in that match a lot. Oh, uh, and, is it Will Hobbs? Yeah, Will Hobbs. Will Hobbs was I, 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 like like that guy's awesome, and I hope Dude, he gets a. Uh, I didn't know who he was either. Roster. He's the guy yeah. who checked in on Matt Seidel when he when he fell. Right? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Did you know who that guy was? I had no idea. I just like I know he'd been on, uh, uh, you know, he'd been on the the uh, the, the YouTube show. I, I haven't watched that much dark. I, I did at the yeah. beginning of it, and then late, like you know, man, dude, how many hours do I got? Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm already on like a forty hours a week. I got a full time wrestling job at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, you're right. Good call. I actually would have no, wouldn't have mentioned that. He was a good time. That guy. Yeah, and, and, and that good. whole match was I thought was fun. He, yeah, he's got he's got a great look and great. I I mean, seems like a great gimmick. Um, uh, and uh, and then I you know I really this it was on un, the un, unenviable spot I think of basically coming right after the the Matt Hardy uh, Sammy match, but right. uh, the the Sheeta Thunder Rosa match I was like I I'm a huge Sheeta fan. I think she's awesome, and right. I have a Hikaru Sheeta uh, shirt. And uh, Thunder Rosa, I wasn't as familiar with. I don't watch NWA at all, but like, I was like, man, she is fucking awesome. And they had just really great in-ring chemistry. And I, I, I hope Thunder Rosa has more of a presence in AEW. Yeah, so Thunder Rosa, I didn't know much about. I knew of her. She, but I don't. Uh, uh, I watched her two matches: the one she had on uh, Dynamite, and then their match. Their Karshita Thunder Rosa match, I thought was a really good match. The, it was. She had the Thunder Rosa had her like she gave like a, a DVD, like a Death Valley Driver on the apron, which I thought was pretty fucking badass. Um, and uh, but I, the only thing about Karshita, I like Karshita, but I would like to know more about her deal. I feel like they don't spend a lot of time developing they don't give her a lot of time for me to like get to know her at all you know right yeah i mean i think that's maybe and and again i fell off a little bit during covid in terms right. of, of of the storytelling but yeah i think that's just like like there there isn't there hasn't been like a clear uh a feud it feels like it feels like she's just kind of had like a she's had the title for a while and just right. just fought a, a, a series of contenders um but you know there might be something if they if they can have a story a sheet of Thunder Rosa storyline or something like maybe there's a way that could uh, that could merge. I think I think she's I think she is awesome. I think she's such a great performer. I think she can elevate anybody, and I think she's you know uh, I, I I don't know like I I I really like her, and I, I think she's uh, uh, whatever anyone wants to say about the women's division. I thought I thought that match was was great, uh, and then the you know the <laughs> Mimosa Maya match was was perfectly like dumb like yeah. i was like i was into that i um i, I the most mayhem match i thought was such a dumb idea and then when it happened i knew i was right uh <laughs> <laughs> i was like i was like man i don't give two shits about this like i like this is the stupidest uh yes uh, gimmick match i've ever heard of in my life but it's like if there's ever two guys who are gonna do it and it's all good it's those two guys yeah. and the 
place, the spot on the card was perfect. Just as like the cool, like right before the main event. I just thought, yes, yeah, yeah. right. Uh, I thought I, I enjoyed it, but it, man, was it dumb. And I also think like, I like, I like goofy Jericho, but my, what really works for me is like bad, like uh, winning Jericho, you know? Yes. And I'm not ready for him to be losing this many matches. Right. Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, I think I think there was. It was gratifying for him to, uh, you know, go into the mimosa bath, and also just like, hey, it's just a, I, I, I like that. It, I thought it was clever that you got the you know, we've we got the orange juice thing versus the bubbly right. thing, and we we find a way to to merge them with with mimosas like on that very base level. I was like, that's very clever. But uh, the but, concept of of make, taking these two guys and then incorporating mimosa was yeah. fun. I agree. Yeah. But a Mimosa Mayhem match is, like, just so stupid. <laughs> Outrageously stupid. Yeah, very dumb. Uh, yeah. But I, Orange Cassidy, again, another guy I saw in the indies, and the, yeah. he was, like, the guy that, uh, like, as he was coming out, someone was just like, you got to check, like, this, you got to watch this guy. And, like, like just his, his yeah. just... Man, his gimmick when he was being the the guy who just doesn't give a shit because that's that's the only way I ever saw him wrestle on the indies was just right. him basically giving basically no effort. Right. And he- it's 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 so it's so cool and so genius and his physicality, his way of embodying it is just like so such a it's so so good. The people like Orange Cassidy is just like has an undeniable charisma and he, yes. the guy's just so over that like. On TV, it's like, of course, people are still loving it. It's he, he's one of those wrestlers where it's a bummer. He's one of the, you know, it's for every wrestler, but he's one of the ones specifically where not having the crowd sucks. Like, yes, it sucks. He, Cassidy is all crowd. He's all engagement, and so, like, you know, he, some of his thunder gets really lost without the crowd, and it's kind of annoying. And, and did, that did, match needed the crowd to be like, whoa, they're going to go in the mimosa. Like, you right. needed people to be like, whoa. And you kind of lost some of that fun. And I feel like that match was one that really, really uh, took a beating in the COVID weirdness, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I did you did you get a sense? Because I, I did say, I, I will say that I did like that there was, even though it wasn't like the the most, you know, vocal or, or dominant oh, yeah. presence, but just like the, the socially distanced outdoor crowd, I was like, it's just nice having a little bit of that energy. It makes a um, huge in, difference. In the, huge. you know, in the arena. But yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. Uh, and then uh, can I can I just say that that I, I'm sorry for for just kind of running through the, the no, card I, here. No, it's all good. I got it in front of me. You you move however you want. You're get, <laughs> be my guest, okay? That's that charisma running wild. <laughs> <laughs> can read through an outline. Um, the uh, this guy I, I, listen. He thinks he has no charisma, but this guy can go through a Wikipedia page. Like <laughs> he, he makes it into art, man. He turns it into art. <laughs> He'll copy paste bullet points into a Google Doc. Yeah. and. Uh, very very neutrally go through them i i was gonna say that the <laughs> yeah, the go. revival like i i love the revival in nxt so so when i got yeah. back into wrestling and this was before aew existed um i i literally watched every single like nxt pay-per-view that was on wwe network yeah. just like from the beginning i went through and i watched all of them in order Ooh, so i watched awesome. all these kind of like storylines and like you know three month increments um and it, one of the uh you know one of the, the the tag teams I and and sets of talent I really got into was the revival, and they were like I I just thought like oh man these guys are so good uh, they work together so well yeah. they kind of do all that like heel tag team stuff so no flips just fists exactly love it just just yeah. totally love it and um and so I I was so so happy that they got an AEW and I think they're I think they're like be they're getting to be themselves and i i saw i you know don't follow wwe but i was aware right. of some of the kind of like more degrading shit that it felt like they had to do towards the end of their contract just to sort of like uh you know and, and i was just like i was less into that but but watching them AEW, i'm like oh this is great that they kind of just get to be themselves and get to thrive uh the ftr match with with omega and 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 hangman i was like i thought this was a, i thought this was a good match and again another good finish here um, the finish was really good. Again, that yeah. was my whole point about this pay-per-view is that what it sets up is more exciting than the card itself. 
is how I felt. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. Like, for example, when we were back to the, like, because, uh, like, Dark Order match, it was like Brody set up Cole Cabana for the win, and then Cole Cabana blew it, and then Brody's pissed at him, and Dustin Rhodes, uh, Goldust got the pin, and then it earned Goldust yes. a shot at Brody Lee tomorrow night on Dynamite. Um, uh, uh, for the TNT Championship, and that's like you know Brody Lee's gonna beat the sh- living shit out of him. Yes, or you might see Cody run in to try to help him, and Cody's already teased his logo with like dripping blood on his Instagram, and so it's like, oh, that's all fun going forward. But if you tell me an eight man tag match, I'll almost never be excited for an eight man tag match. Yeah, I, I, you know I get what, I mean? what you're saying. Yeah, right. I, I was just I was just gonna say like on 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 that front. This is a total tangent, but you since you brought up Dustin Rhodes, were you at the 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 first all out, the one in Vegas? <sighs> no, I was not. I should have been though. That what a great show. Yeah, uh, I was I was there. I was lucky enough to be there, and that the the Dustin Wait, the one Rhodes, in Cody Vegas Matt. or the one in the Sears Center in the, Chicago. Well, the the one in this is the one in Vegas. I think the, the you mean the double first or nothing. Shit, I'm sorry. Oh, double or nothing. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like where Moxley, <laughs> where Moxley debuted, right? Yes, yeah. I, I, I did go to All Out, but I was talking about, I was talking about double or nothing. Yeah, right. They, they, you, you corrected me. You're talking uh, about Dustin yeah, Rhodes. Yeah, yeah. Dustin Rhodes, Cody, the Dustin Rhodes Cody match from that was just like that's maybe my I saw it and I would, you know, I'm, I'm my opinions colored because I saw it live, but I think that's maybe my favorite match I've ever seen. I was just like this, this match was unbelievable. I think that that if someone told me that's their favorite match, it's a perfectly valid favorite match to have it's one of my favorite matches ever i think it's one of the best matches in wrestling history actually wow i i I put it up there i don't think anyone would even dispute that i don't it was it was so the just you know it's some sometimes these moments happen in wrestling where every everything aligns you know what i mean and i guess nowadays everything's Perfect storms seem to be a common occurrence, but yes. that was right. But that was like a perfect storm of events. That was like seeing these two wrestle at a sold-out pay-per-view like that, with that level of excitement and the storytelling, and then Cody at the end, like putting his hand out and just being like, "I need my brother." So good. Yeah, so great, and just so much, just fucking blood to the point where I was worried about them. Uh, I was worried about Dustin, but it, it's just yeah. was. It, well, the blading in AEW is out of control. It's 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 bananas. <laughs> and speaking of which, the in the MJF Moxley match, yeah. I mean, he, he he's just like MJF is so cut up and to, and bloody towards the end there. Uh, but I, you know, there's another match I thought was was satisfying. I don't know exactly. You you talked about all these things setting up a lot for the future. I don't know exactly where this goes from here. Well, but the Moxley yeah, will be wrestling Lance Archer. Yeah, I guess um, so. And Lance Archer was waiting in the wings. And also, I would argue the setup here is really cool because Moxley, MJF's a little, little like chicken shit heel bitch. You know what I mean? Just yes. uh, uh, for lack of a better term. But that's like his deal. Um, he's actually from where I'm from. He works out in the same gym as my mom in Plainview, wow. Long Island. That's uh, amazing. Last time I was in the gym, he was lifting. Me and him were lifting in the mirror at the same time. Wow. And, <laughs> and I'm I was like, starstruck. That's it unbelievable. Was, it was so cool um, <laughs> and he definitely could tell i had a weird energy and he by the way he he's one i don't give a shit i'll approach any wrestler you know what i mean uh uh, uh because i just think it's fun but i like to live a kayfabe lifestyle so like i like i like like I don't need to be your friend. Like, I just want you as a wrestler. But he, I was actually scared to talk to because I was like, he will stay in character and punk me out in the middle of this gym. (laughs) Yeah, I could not handle that. I could not handle MJF cutting a promo on me, even though he's like 15 years younger than me. Yeah, he's young. and collapse in tears. He... Listen, frankly, he's bigger than me, but not that much, okay? I'm pretty yoked. <laughs> but listen, here's the deal, <laughs> folks. No, no, no. Here's what I want to say about what the setup here is that you have Lance Archer Moxley. So Moxley already has another match set up for himself. And also people are excited about that because Lance Archer and Moxley, I think, wrestle that Wrestle Kingdom in, in, in Japan. So you get to see a rematch between these two. So the real indie marks are going to love that. Not to mention MJF, uh, Moxley beat MJF with the booth, he was not legally allowed to beat him with. That actually right? was great, yeah. Yeah, that actually was awesome. Because I was like, <laughs> for me, I was just like, how is he going to do it? He can't do it. He's not allowed to do it. Yeah. And then, of course, like, oh, yeah, they just distract the ref, of course. But it, it still completely caught me off guard. Yeah, that booking was, I think, 
by the way, like the booking of all these, a lot of these finishes were fantastic. And like that finish in particular, we're all like, how is he going to win? And it never crossed my mind that like the, the path of least resistance, like he's just going to do the, the paradigm shift. Like yes. that's going to be it. They're going to find a justification, which is like, he saw the ring. He's like, oh, you're a fucking cheater. Well, then I'm a cheater. And it's perfect Moxley writing. It's yeah. so good. I thought that was, I that match. I loved that match. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. I thought it was great too. And, and, uh, you know, it it's it's just like I don't know. It was overall the, like we were saying earlier. It's it's tough because it was overshadowed by the Matt Hardy thing. But I think overall this was a positive. Uh, this was this was a good good pay per view, and and I, I I had a good time watching it. Watching the matches on an individual level for sure. Yeah, I thought it was a really good. I mean, and also like going back to like the PWG Mark thing. Like I I, I it's very few wrestlers that I get into the zone because I tend to be like, I tend to like take things for granted and then go like, ah, fuck man. I should have like cherished that. So something I'm always looking out for is like, so for example, like post uh, WrestleMania 31, John Cena, when he was doing the U S open title challenge stuff, like, I don't know if you, you know, you didn't watch then, but you didn't watch WWE. You don't watch WWE that much, but like, I was like, man, you know what? I've turned a corner where I'm just going to enjoy John Cena as like I, 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 I mark these moments where I go, I just gonna enjoy John Cena till we don't have him. We don't have him anymore. And I'm so glad I made that choice. I didn't get caught up in any like super Cena bullshit or like, oh, right. they're always shoving Cena down my throat. Like once it was like, you know what? I'm gonna appreciate him now. I feel the same way about like young bucks. I'm just so excited to any young any whether it's a Wednesday night dynamite, a pay per view, I just like I'm such a hap- I'm such a mark for them when I would watch them at PWG. They were such cool guys to buy T-shirts from, and I would order from them on YoungBucksMerch.com at that time. And you'd get like his, one of their wives would literally be signing the shit for you, like being like, "Thanks for ordering," with like a, a smile. And you're like, just to see them do anything. Those guys, I I just enjoy everything they do. That's my, that's where I'm at with them. You know? Yeah, the young bucks are rad. I, I I you know they were they were less at uh, PWG by the time I started uh, watching it, but you know I certainly was aware of them. And I also I, I saw that when the New Japan came to uh, Long Beach a, a few years back, I saw them. I saw Bucks and Kenny Omega and and Kota Ibushi. And like that match was like again, just like an unbelievable match. I like I couldn't oh, yeah. believe how good it was, and I couldn't believe just like the the level of talent that was in the ring. Absolutely. Can, can I can I ask you real quick? Because I don't really know much about Lance Archer. Do, do you, are you yeah. as, are you familiar with him at all? Uh the Murder Hawk, Lance Archer. I'm not like like I know he had a big TN, uh, TNA run, and people who watched TNA were kind of like he was lame there and he's lame now. That seems to be uh, listen. Mm-hmm. That's not from everyone, but that's just from like my audience who reaches out to me because I engage. Uh, many would say too much with the, with <laughs> no no. Uh, but like I, I love talking wrestling people. So if I I'll say a question like what's Lance Archer's dear? I don't know, and then I'll get some messages from some. Uh, listeners and and the the vibe is I didn't watch much of his work there. He's not young. He's like forty six. He's like not young right. at all. He's actually kind of older for a wrestler, but he's huge. But then he had a New Japan run where he was like the Murder Hawk, and he got over pretty hard in New Japan. And that's when you started hearing about Lance Archer. Um, and so then when he, so that, that that's what I know about him. And then so AEW, I kind of gave him like a clean slate. The only match I had watched of him before was. Moxley versus Lance Archer uh, is the only match I'd ever seen of him before. So when he came in, I was kind of excited because people dig him, you know? Yes. But then when they paired him with Jake the Snake, and I thought the booking was super good, and he's just, he's a huge guy. Yeah. Uh, I think he's that just, does a lot for me. I love a, a Haas, I believe the term is. The term is Haas. I'm what many, many would consider a body guy. Um, and I love a nice jacked up dude. Like I always say wrestling, I'm like, listen, there's, there's room for all types of guys and sizes and women and blah, blah, blah. But there's always room for a nice jacked up dude. There's always room. I'll always make room on the roster. Brian Cage wants to be on my roster. He's welcome. You know, (laughs) (laughs) like Batista wants to come back. I'll take him. I don't care what you have to say. He looks great. You know? Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I I don't. We'll see where he goes. This will be the big test for Lance Archer for me. I think for how I feel about him going forward with his feud uh, uh, with Moxley. But I'm really enjoying John Moxley's title run, and I was the biggest Dean Ambrose hater probably on the planet. I did not wow. like Dean Ambrose at all. 
And I think it goes a long way for me to go talk that kind of shit about Vince, you know what I mean? And then yes, go in yeah. and actually back it up in AEW and be like, he's undeniably over with everybody. I just yeah. think you cannot – he has balls in and out of the ring, and you just – for me, I respect that, you know? Moxley rules, and I also just like him completely, like you just said, just completely unloading about a dysfunctional work environment. I just, I guess I just admire that from a labor perspective. I agree. Like, yeah. Especially after Labor Day, which was yeah. yesterday. <laughs> uh, and many have said you're one of the top Labor Day guys, right? I'm a big Labor Day guy. Yeah, yeah. many, many would big say time. that. Um, uh, Nick, before I let you go, we yes. got into this for a second. You're, I just want to talk fast food for a second. I know yes, this please. is not the Doughboys. Um, uh, uh, but I'm a, I'm I'm deep into hot chicken right now. Yes, I'm on a hot chicken tip, and I'm looking at you. Tell me, like I know you're also an LA guy. We probably live in a similar neighborhood. Um, so what chicken? What should I try? And is there any eps of Doughboys that I should check out specifically about uh, well, hot chicken? I, I want to hear first, like what spots you've been hitting up. Because I've mainly been hitting Dave's hot chicken. Mainly. Yeah, so Dave's is good. I mean, and and Dave's is you know very accessible. Have you had Howland Rays? No, I that's Howland, the one. You got to have Howland Rays. I mean that that's the spot. I heard it's too hard to get. <laughs> it's a pain in the ass in normal times. I they've gotten they've switched to I believe delivery only via Postmates. So I Ooh. think you can do it through that. There's a bit of a queue, but I, I it's it's the best. I mean Dave's tonight. is good, but Howland Rays is like is just on another level. I've had, as far as Doughboys episodes, we reviewed Hattie B's, which is a Nashville hot chicken chain mm. in Nashville. And Hattie B's is pretty good. Hattie B's is a little bit of controversy because it was, you know, it's a chain that is like, they're not the ones who invented yeah. the, uh, hot chicken. They just kind of like took it and were like, and put it in a, yeah. a an accessible, well-marketed package uh, in chain form. So they're you know, a lot of people, not Nashvilleites will say like, it's not like the actual hot right. chicken, but, but I, I feel like as a, as a chain version of it, it's, it's, it's pretty good. And we reviewed that place favorably, but locally in, in LA, Howland Rays for sure. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to get Howland Rays tonight. Uh, um, I, uh, yeah. Cause I, 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 uh, I, I love it. Also, I was shooting a, um, a show last year, um, that, that should be, I don't know when it's going to come out because of Corona, but um, we I was on the road a bunch, and I stopped at Canes a lot. Did yeah. you guys talk about Canes ever? Raising Canes? Yeah, I don't know what it's called. I'd never heard of it before, but I was like shooting. It was like the show. I was I was kind of driving around the South, and I would this, stop yeah. at K C A I N E S. Right? Is it called? Is it Canes? is it a chicken strips place? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that I think I believe that's Raising Canes, which is Louisiana based, and we have not yet reviewed it for the podcast. A lot of yeah. people are imploring us to review Raising Canes. They're not like in LA, but you can go to the exurbs and find them. Um, but yeah, that's that place does all strips. I'm more of a you know I like I like chicken on the bone. You're I like bone I'm, man. I yeah I'm, I'm a bone I'm a bone in guy versus attendees guy, and and I I do like a chicken sandwich, but you know the the right tenders can win me over. So. Uh, uh hey. one thing about that place, uh, I'm I'm well, I'm a huge I'm one of the top tenders guys. Uh, many would say that I'm the top tender man, but I wow. uh, I uh, I love tenders. I'm a big chicken tender guy. It's a big uh, it's a big if a tenders are on the menu, it's a huge deal. But um, I also uh, yeah, they also a thing at Canes. If you're driving, I I was driving long distances to shoot location to location, and you can get a gallon of iced tea there sweetened or sweetened they That's sell it clutch. by the gallon and wow. i would drive and drink it and then see another one and get another gallon from there <laughs> that, uh, great iced tea there you, you got to be careful with that sweet tea that, that's that'll sneak uh, up on you. I, the calories, liquid sugar, yeah. <laughs> the cal count. No, I, I mostly did unsweetened. All right, one more place that I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. Uh, do you ever drive through Texas and go to? Uh, I think it's called Buzzies, like the gas Buckies? stations. Buckies. Yeah. Did you ever go? Do you ever talk about those? We had we had Colt Cabana, coincidentally enough, on oh, Doughboys shit. recently, and he was wearing a Bucky's shirt. Really? He's a big Bucky's fan. And Bucky's uh, Mark. I, yeah, and and so I uh, I've only been to Bucky's once. It was driving across Texas because that the the the, the stretch between cities 
in Texas between major cities in Texas is like, it's like the length of California. You're driving so far. Oh yeah. It's unbelievable how, 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 how long and how dull those drives are. <laughs> they, uh, so they Bucky's totally is are. like an oasis. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because my wife's from Texas, so she loves Texas. So I make sure like we'd have those drives. I mean, oh, there's nothing on this drive, but I'd be like, isn't Texas beautiful <laughs> the whole time? Um, because I'm a shit <laughs> husband. No, no, no. But uh, they, it's crazy because it's a gas. Well, you talked about it already, but it's a gas station. But they have barbecue at the gas station, and it's fucking good. And I would stop that. I would stop at Cane's, get iced tea, and I would stop. Anyway, I just wanted to know if you ever had it because I know you're. Uh, it's like it's like literally the most bizarre thing because you go into. In my mind, it's bizarre. You're like gassing up, and then you go in, and it's just like a classic convenience store. Like you know, you get a, a gas station, but then they just have like in the center, guys just like making brisket sandwiches. Like, yeah, I've, I've only been there as a used as a gas station and convenience store. I didn't, I didn't actually get the barbecue, which was a mistake on my part. But it's, it's just like also the square footage of it because you're these, these just gigantic flat, like you know. You're on these planes, and it's just they're they're just so there's so much sprawl, and they're just like these fucking arena-sized convenience stores. It's it's just an unbelievable sight. Yeah, it's great. Anyway, all right, we did a little. I did a little Doughboys corner uh, 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 for the super fans, but no, Nick, all it was uh, it was great. I'm so glad I finally got to chat with you about some wrestling, and we got to uh, make it happen, even in these weird Zoomy circumstances. Zoomy sounds like a fast food chain. Zoomies, <laughs> <laughs> you have to eat it over Zoom. The employee eats it for you, and uh, <laughs> you tell me how it tastes. It's for people on a diet. People are restricted uh but yeah nick thanks for coming by uh, uh cow podcast and by the way everybody check out nick obviously check out the doughboys podcast check out how did this get played um there you I, go. I said it right that time uh where you're you uh, uh play old video games right like old shitty right. video games yeah worst and weirdest video games me and heather ann campbell and matt Appledock. and hey I'll, I'll shout out something else that i have yeah. this new disney plus show that i wrote for called earth, earth to and ned, ned. And Earth and Ed has, we actually have a segment we shot, and I can't remember if it's in this run of episodes or the next run of episodes coming up, uh, but we shot a segment with uh, Jake Atlas, which was a lot of fun. I, you know what? I knew that because anything wrestling related, people tell me about, but also this show, Earth and Ed, is probably the show I know the most people who work on. I don't think there's a person <laughs> who works on that show who is not a friend of mine uh, and so many uh, great, funny people. If you have Disney+, Plus, you have to check out the show because... I can vouch for every person on that staff. Plus, I Jake Atlas. Uh, I know Jake Atlas wrestled on the show, so that's amazing. Yeah, it's a and I didn't give any context for what this. Thank you for saying that. I didn't give any context for what the show is, but it's a basically there's a giant alien Muppet uh, or a puppet. He's not f officially a Muppet, but there's a giant alien puppet. It's produced by the Jim Henson Corporation, and uh, it's a, it's a lot of fun. So that's another thing you can check out if you're, yeah, you're starved for content. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was working with Sierra on something, and then she uh, she moved over to your guys' show. Yeah, uh, she's she's amazing. All those people are amazing. So check out Earth to Net if you have Disney Plus, which you have because you watched Hamilton. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and check out all of Nick's stuff. You got amazing stuff going on. Nick, we got to talk wrestling again. Hit me up anytime if you want to talk uh, either fast food or uh, or wrestling. I'm always For down. Sure. Two things that go amazingly together. Maybe we should do a watch. <laughs> With a bunch of fast food, wrestling. I mean, there's. I feel like there's something to be done there. There's something to be done. There's crossover opportunities. There's many crossover. Many people are talking about cross promotion, and uh, we'll make it happen. Relax, people. Okay, uh, relax. We're doing this. I'm the show. fuck down. Cal just fucking calm down. I'm Back sick off. of you. Uh, all right, Nick. Hey, thanks for coming by, man. Thanks, Dan. Bye. Wednesday. When I go to work. <laughs> this has been a UCB Comedy production. Check out our other shows on the UCB Comedy Podcast Network. 